The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. It's great to be back with you guys again today. Um, I, I know that this was a very interesting week. Uh, in some ways, uh, anxiety producing itself. It seems like it's a never-ending story during the season of uncertain times. As the school systems around us began making decisions, many of us who live in Prince William County have been tuned in waiting for the answers. Uh, I, I myself watched on Thursday night as many different people shared their opinions and their hopes about the upcoming school year. It was one thing in common. Everybody was deeply passionate about how they feel. And there isn't necessarily any right or wrong right now. There's, there's so many reasons to understand why people are feeling the way they're feeling. You had students begging to return to normal. You had parents worried on one hand for the safety of their children and at the same time worried what their children would be missing out if not given a somewhat normal possibility. You had teachers uh, afraid for their own life and you had teachers concerned about those who have learning disabilities and struggles. And so it's been a, a, an uncertain season. That is definitely true. There are many things going on in our world right now that leaves us wondering and, and on the edge of our seat. And in, in this time of uncertainty, my hope has been to bring you hope. Not to live in fear, not, but instead to live with faith and knowing that there are some very certain things during this time of uncertainty. The things that I've been trying to encourage you is that we have a God who's not surprised by any of this, and we can be certain of who God is. That God loves us, that God has a plan for us, that God is not surprised by any of this, and that he promised to be what's with us in the midst of every storm. And he is here with us now. We can also be certain of his love for us and his love for our world and our part in this. We can be certain that he has a place and a role for us. Last week we talked about uh, not viewing the things that we have as insignificant, that even though our little something may feel like nothing, our insignificant something in the hands of God becomes his something. And God often does the extraordinary out of what seems to us as insignificant. And today I want to encourage you again along that path that God doesn't only want us to give our, 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 our little somethings, our, our jars of oil, uh, or, or what seems like isn't much to us, but he also wants us. He has what the Bible calls a calling. For each of us. Today the, the title of my uh, talk is, Is God Calling Me? And the quick and simple answer is, yes, He is. During this time of uncertainty, God's certain plan is to use you, to use me, to use us together as His church, to be the vessel through which His love and mercy flows. So join me as we pray and ask God to open up our hearts to hear these words of encouragement. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. 
Father God, we thank you, first of all, for being a God who is with us through all of this. There is nothing going on that surprises you. And the things that cause us anxiety uh, cause you to hurt for us. You call us to cast our anxieties on you because you care for us. And so God, help us to continue to do so. Help us to continue to keep our eyes on you in the midst of the wind and the waves around us so that we are not overcome by the uncertainty, but that our foundation is firm and secure. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Open up our hearts to what you want us to hear at this time. In your name we pray. Amen. So we live in a culture of insta-fluence. We live in a culture where, in a matter of moments, you can become someone. And, and in a world where building your personal brand is like, the most important thing or getting that TikTok video exactly right is, is what rules the day. But in a season where in a blink of an eye, somebody can become famous or to make a name for themselves or to become an influencer, I want us to realize that, that there's something about the word calling that I want to reclaim. Calling is a biblical term. It is something that God has for each of us. And whether you are insta-famous or not does not matter. It is about who you are and not what you do. You and I are called. I want you to understand that regardless of who you think you are or what your past might hold. God looks at who he has called you to be and not what you've done. He looks to you for the potential that lies within you and not with what you see in yourself. God has called you. When I think about the Bible, I think about a, a whole host of misfits called by God early. There was a guy named Moses. Many of you have heard of him. He was called by God to be the mouthpiece of him to the Pharaoh for the nation of Israel, who Moses would lead them out of captivity, slavery in Egypt into the promised land. And you know what Moses said? Are you sure you want to choose me to be your mouthpiece? I stutter. Surely there's somebody better. Then I think of a man named Gideon. Gideon um, was, uh, according to his own words, the weakest in his tribe. And yet God approaches Gideon through an angel, an encounter with an angel. And the angel greets Gideon and says, hello, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like looking over his shoulders. There's somebody else here. Uh, I'm the weakest of my clan. You can't be talking to me. And yet God calls and raises up and empowers Gideon to lead an army of 300. You've, maybe you've seen the movie 300. No, sorry, different story. God leads the army uh, of, of, of Israel through a man who doubts himself, a man named Gideon. And I think about all the other really cool stories of young teenagers like 
David, who is even left out in the field when, when Samuel comes to choose a king and Jesse calls his some sons together. David is so insignificant that he doesn't even call them in from tending the shepherds. He's like, here's my best sons. And Samuel in the end says, there must be another who's not here. And David gets chosen. I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego at the age of 12 to 15 years old, chosen by King Nebuchadnezzar to become some of the greatest in his land. God often chooses the foolish to confound the wise, the insignificant to do the extravagant. And the same is true in your life and mine. God wants you to know that he has a calling in your life. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says this, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you. Do you hear the importance here? He is pleading with us to get this message. I am a prisoner. I've been given my whole life to serving the Lord Jesus. And because of it, I'm in prison because of it. And I will continue to be in prison if I have to. I will do whatever it takes to serve the Lord. But I beg you to hear this message. That you would lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. If you're hearing my voice, whether you believe in God or not, I want you to know that God made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. And before the day you drew your first breath, he had a plan and a purpose and a calling for you. This calling is not just for the elite. It's not just for those who earn it. We cannot earn it. It's not because of who we are, but it's because of God's unending, enduring, faithful love for you and I, broken people. He loves us like a father should, and he has a passion and a purpose and a plan for each of us if we will simply listen and follow in his footsteps. That Your calling is about who you are before what you do. The who becomes before the do. Second Timothy 1.9 says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. What is the word holy? The word holy means to be set apart for a purpose. Let us not get confused with the idea of thinking that we must somehow be perfect before God can use us. God calls us and sets us apart for his purpose. Yes, and in the process of being used by God, we are called to become like him, like his son, Jesus Christ. But it's more about who we are than what we do. We're called to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it. None of us deserve his love. We've all fallen we all have sin in our lives. We've all gone astray. He did this not because we deserved it, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. And so God has a calling for us. 
And it, that calling is about who we are to be and not wrapped up in what we think we must do. Because some of us think, well, I, I must have missed my calling. I'm not doing anything of significance. That's a lie of the devil. Every single thing that we do, we are called to do in a way that brings honor and glory to our Father. Not just being a glorified missionary over in Africa, but in just being the second grade teacher that you are. God has put you in that place, in this time, in this season, to be his instrument of love into those children's lives. Calling is all about who you are becoming and not necessarily about what you are doing. The Holy Spirit has set us apart and we are called to live different than the ways of this world. And so let us start to reframe the idea of calling first and foremost from the idea of who God is calling us to be and not simply what we do because all of us are called, whether you are a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a trashman, a janitor, a custodian, you are called to glorify God in everything that you do and to love God and love others. I'm called, you could say, called to preach. I, I, I work hard at trying to inspire and motivate and encourage, but the idea that I'm called to be a preacher is not the best idea. I'm, I'm called to be a pastor, which is more than just preaching. You know, there are many good preachers who could preach and motivate and inspire, and yet behind the scenes live a terrible life, not take care of their family, not love their wife. I am a, a pastor. I, I do get paid to preach a message, but God's called me to be a loving husband and a father that cares for my kids. I'm called to disciple them, to put them first, to, to take care of my family and not just get up for an hour a week and preach a message. Calling is more about who we are than just simply what we do. Who are you? Who is the person that God has called you to be? Who you are is way, way, way more important than what you do. Calling is it about something important that you do in the future? Calling is about being obedient to Jesus today. Did you catch that? Sometimes we think, well, if I uh, discover my calling, it'll be something great and significant. And the future I'll be able to look at and, and people will be able to say, oh, wow, he discovered and he fulfilled his calling. He has made it. But the truth is, is that calling is about who you are today. It isn't about something off in the future. It's about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do, the Bible never talks about a career as a calling. Our calling is no matter what we do, in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God 
our Father in heaven. And so I want to illustrate these principles today with a a passage from Scripture from Mark chapter 10 and 11. It's an interesting story right towards the end of Jesus's life. Jesus is about a week before he goes to the cross and dies for our sins. And in Mark chapter 10, an interesting thing is happening. You see, Jesus had just given them a picture of what loving really is. He had just been with them the night before, and he washed their feet. And he says, I, as I have come to serve you, you should now serve one another. This is the way that you are to love one another. And through your loving one another, the world will know who I am. And so this, this argument breaks out about who's going to be the most important in Jesus's kingdom. And two brothers, uh, James and John, come to Jesus in Mark chapter 10, and they come to him and they say, you know what, Jesus, um, we'd love to know that when you eventually get to your throne, can we have permission to sit to your right and to your left? You see, they wanted, uh, they, they knew who Jesus was, and they, they had faith and trust that Jesus was the King of Kings, he was the Lord of Lords, he was the one of most importance. But when people looked to Jesus, they wanted to be seen right next to him, a place of importance, sitting right there. You know, Jesus, we've given up so much to follow you. Um, for the past three years, we, we, we have sacrificed everything to follow you. Can we sit on your right and your left? And you know what Jesus' response to them is? If you want to be a leader, if you want to be important, then learn to be last. Learn to be a servant of all. If you want to be first, learn to be last. Your calling isn't about what you do, it's about your who. Are you going to be first? Are you going to be a servant? If you want to be First, and a leader, you have to be willing to be the servant of all. It's about our who, and not just we do. And so the next chapter, Mark chapter 11, we see uh, what's known as uh, the triumphal entry. As prophesied in Zechariah 9.9, there's a time coming when Jesus would approach uh, Jerusalem, when he would ride in on a donkey. And this prophecy is in the past, and it's about to be fulfilled, and, and Mark chapter 11 rolls out, and as Jesus, look at Mark chapter 11, verse 1, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of them ahead. Now, the book of Mark doesn't tell us which two, but this comes right on the heels of James and John coming and asking Jesus for a position of importance. And if I were Jesus, this is the perfect time to make them the object of this lesson. And so what happens is Jesus selects two of them. And he says, I'm going to choose two of you. And he doesn't tell us which two, but, but you know what? I, I think it might have been James and John continuing the thought from, 
chapter 10 into 11 and 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 they're selected and they step up and and they're like wow he's going to send us ahead you know we're with the king of kings he's about to enter in and take his seat on the throne and uh have you ever walked into a room with somebody important and it just feels like man i'm i'm in their presence and people can see me with them your chef kind your 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 chest kind of gets a little puffed up your your head rises a little higher and look who I'm with. And I, I have a feeling that's what's going on with James and John as Jesus possibly selects them and sends them on ahead. And they're thinking they're getting chosen for some great mission. Something that they think is important. Maybe he's going to send us out to cast out some demons, uh, to call down fire and destroy the Roman Empire. Uh, Jesus has chosen us. We're ready to do something big and something significant. And look what Jesus says. Go into the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that that no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here if anyone asks what are you doing just say the lord needs it and we'll return it soon okay wait a minute um we just asked if we could have a place of importance and you just selected us and you want us to go in and get a donkey? You're assigning us the donkey duty? <laughs> uh, have you ever been in a place like that? Where you were hoping to be given a role of, of something seemingly important and giving something as seemingly meaningless as taking care of a donkey? Sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel that because we're not in the center of attention and somehow on a platform where everyone can see us, that what we have to offer is not significant. The size of our assignment never determines the significance of our impact. Let me read that for you one more time. The size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. What the disciples are about to learn through this is that God has a way of taking the seemingly insignificant and doing the extravagant. They're not remembering that according to Zechariah 9.9, the king of kings would ride in on a riding on a humble donkey. The two disciples are delivering the donkey that's going to carry Jesus to his ultimate calling. You see, there are times when small, insignificant things become very significant. Going back to the story of David, who was sent to choose five small stones, that one insignificant stone took out a giant standing in the way of the nation of Israel. The little boy that Jesus encountered in John chapter 6, who gave up his insignificant lunchable, God takes and multiplies and feeds thousands 
you and I, as insignificant as we might feel about ourselves, as many hurts, habits, and hangups that we feel disqualify us, those are lies of the devil. And God wants us to see that he has called us. He has set us apart. He has chosen us. And that whatever we do, whether it's donkey duty or something else, we are to do it for the glory of God. We are to do it to bring him glory and him fame. Everything we do, big or small, is to help point people to the love of our Father. I know, I know in life, sometimes we get, we get uh, nervous that we're going to miss our calling. If we go through life always wondering and thinking about ourselves first, I believe we will miss our calling. But if we instead learn to start with the who, God has called us to be instead of the do or what we feel we must be doing. If we can learn to be faithful to Jesus today, I believe that when we learn to be faithful, when we learn to serve with integrity, when we learn to love those who might be difficult to love, when we learn to live generously, when we learn to die to ourselves and learn to leverage every area of our life in a way that makes Jesus known and helps people to see that he loves them, when there is less of us and more of him and not about our name, but about his name, I believe that we will fall right into the middle of what God is calling us to do. When it becomes about who he is and how he gave everything for us, how he suffered, how he shed his blood and he died for us to give us life, how he came back so that we could be forgiven and his blood was shed to wash our sins away. When we have the promise that the very spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead is alive and living in us so that we can serve him today. When we realize that we were empowered, when we were created and when we are uniquely shaped so that we can be set apart to live and to love in a way that points people to Jesus. We won't have to worry about missing our calling or finding our calling because our calling will find us. We are called to live for him. When we start to live life in a way that we see that everything we do, we do for the glory of God. We are fulfilling the very thing we're called to do. Are you called? Yes. Whether it's called and you're doing donkey duty or whether you are standing high on a mountain declaring the praises of Jesus, do it all in a way that shows love, that shows compassion, that shows mercy. And so in the midst of this calling and living out the things that God has called us to do, you may come across someone who's hurting. And you know what you do? You, you, you stop. Even though it may be a time that is inconvenient, you take time to listen and to pray and to see how God might be able to use you to hurt that person, to help that person who's hurting. Uh, maybe God's calling you to love a spouse 
who's difficult to love. Or to fight for your marriage, even though your loved one has seemingly given up. Maybe it's to pray for that child who continues to run from God. Or to do something without getting credit. Or to give thanks in the midst of a trial. Or, or maybe you feel like you have so much education. You have so much training. And you could be doing so much more. But right now God has called you to love on. To care for and to raise those precious children. Maybe it's to build a business. Some might say that how, how is that being godly? Uh, Jesus told the parable of the talents. Of people that invested well and ran their businesses well with integrity. Do everything you can for God's glory. That he would be able to be multiplied, to glorified through it. Whatever we do. Whether it's donkey duty or something significant. Let us do it in a way that glorifies God. And points people to Jesus. As we love one another, the world will see that we are his disciples, that we are his called ones. Let us do this. God is more concerned with who we are becoming than what we are doing. Even if it's donkey duty, do it for the glory of God. We're not called to be important. We're called to be faithful. Ephesians 4, 1, Paul urges us, he pleads with us, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life, to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Maybe you're hearing this message today, and you've never really come to a place of, of feeling like you were called. Maybe you're at a place where you're not even sure where you stand with God. I want you to know that there's not a single person in this world that God does not love. Even the hardest criminals, he loves. His heart breaks over our sin and God disciplines those he loves, but he loves us. He loves us all. And no matter what is in your past, no matter what burdens you carry, He wants you to know that He's here for you. He wants you to cast your cares and your burdens on Him because He cares for you. He has called you. He has set you apart for a plan and a purpose to let His love flow through you and to make an impact in this world. Your first step of understanding and growing in that calling is giving your heart and your life to Him. If you've never done that, I want you to know that it's as simple as you calling out to Him. You don't have to go through some crazy religious ceremony. It's simply a point of having your eyes and your heart open, of realizing that you need Him. And so if you want Him in your life, if you want to understand who he's called you to be, call out to him right now. You can do so with me as we pray. Call out to him right now. Father God, I call out to you. 
thank you for telling me that you have called me in order for me to become the person you want me to become thank you for coming to this earth and your son Jesus Christ and going to the cross for me thank you for dying on the cross for my sins thank you for allowing your blood to be shed to forgive me and to make me new I give my heart to you now come and show me how to follow you. Show me what it means to live for you. Father God, I also pray for those who are listening, who already know you as Savior and Lord, and I pray that you would show each of us the simple steps we need to do here and today, not off in the future, but how can we serve you today by helping our neighbor, by caring for someone in need, by going the extra mile, by signing up to help deliver meals through Hope for Nova, by, by going across the street and loving on my neighbor and maybe offering to do their lawn because they've got so much going on. God, whatever it is, help us to realize we're called to do it in a way that brings glory to you. Help us, Jesus, in whatever we do to glorify Thank you for tuning in today. And if you want to learn more about how you can grow in this calling, reach out to us. We'd love to plug you into one of our community groups. We'd love to plug you into one of our ministry teams. We'd love to help you see how you can fulfill your calling in simply being faithful to Jesus today in the small steps each and every day. Reach out to us. We'd love to to continue this journey with you. We'll see you soon.